All right. As I said, welcome to the Contractors Institute. Now, today we're going over the business reference manual, the business organization, and managing. Now, it's it's about starting up a construction business, going into business, and it's a lot of good ideas. So we're going to walk through this. And at any time, if you have a question, go ahead and write it down. Then you can email me later, and I'll try to respond to it for you. So let's start looking at it. Now, the first thing it says is construction business organization. Then it goes into the type of businesses. Now, you know, we can, you know, do a license as a contractor, typically, as a sole proprietorship, a partnership or a corporation, or even an LLC, which we don't talk about much, but, you know, it's there. So the sole proprietorship. A sole proprietorship is where a person does business in his or her name. For instance, your name is John Smith, then you do business as John Smith. Now, generally, sole proprietorships do not use a fictitious name. They operate under their own name and pay taxes as personal income. This is why a sole proprietorship sometimes is referred to as a sole ownership or individual uh, proprietorship. Now, the advantages is it's very quick and easy to create. I mean, it's already done. Owner has complete control over all decisions. You do. Owner is responsible for all decisions. And ownership of the business can freely be transferred. Now, owners may sell or alter any part of the business or business venture at his or her whim. They don't have to ask permission from anybody. It's their business. Now, it sounds good, but before we look at, um, you know, all the good things about it, look at some of the disadvantages of a sole proprietorship. And the first one is the biggest one. The owner has unlimited personal liability. Now, that means if the company gets sued, you're getting sued personally, and they're going to come after your personal assets. Most of us, yeah, that scares us a little bit. Now, business will be terminated upon the death of the owner. You die, it dies with you. Owner's personal credit and property is used as security for business loans. Now, business profits are taxed as income to the owner. So proprietors quite often mix personal and business funds. This should always be avoided. The commingling of funds if they can prove that, then it's, you know, you and the business is one and the same. You know, it's an alternate ego of yourself. So uh, we always want to think about it before we actually decide to go that route. But it's up to you. It is your license. You can do anything you want. Now, the next thing we're going to talk about is a partnership. Similar, a partnership is an association of two or more people that have joined together for a common for a uh, common business goal. A partnership is easily uh, to establish by creating a document called the Articles of a Partnership. Now, generally, a partnership will not be required to pay income taxes, um, although the partnership must file an information return. Each partner pays taxes on his or her salary or any profits received from the operations of the partnership. Okay. Now, profits, the articles of partnership will list the partners in the business, and if profits are not to be distributed equally, the articles will state what percentage of the partners, uh, profits each partner is entitled to. This is usually referred to as a distribution 
in the percentage of ownership. If the articles of partnership are silent as to how profits are to be distributed, then it is understood that all profits to be distributed equally regardless of how much uh, any of the partners invested in the business. Now, advantages of a partnership. Financial resources can be pulled. Startup costs are low. And the ability to raise outside capital is increased. Daily responsibility and management can be shared among the partnerships. Now, taxation is on each partner and not the partnership. So that's the advantages. But look at some of the disadvantages of it. General partners have unlimited personal liability. Liability is called joint and several. For instance, if a general partner is sued, the person to whom the lawsuit is awarded can collect all money damages from one partner. It would then be up to the partner to collect the money from the other partners in the partnership. Now, partnership is terminated upon the death of any partner or by the withdrawal of any partner or bankruptcy of a partner. Now, partnership's interest is not transferable without consent of all partners. Now, we're going to finish this on the next page. All right, now this is the third page in the audiobook series. So, we're going to continue on. A partnership cannot sell his or her portion of the partnership to someone else without the agreement of the, of the other partners. Each partner can blind the other partners without the consent of the other partners in the normal course of a business. Partners are made up of three different types of partners. We have a general partnership in the most common okay, type of partnership. A general partnership is a partner that is active and involved in the day-to-day operations and management and direction of the business. General partners has unlimited liability to the creditors. This means that if any creditor may sue any partner individually for the entire sum of the outstanding account balance, general partners can bind the other partners within the normal course of a business dealing to any agreement he or she may sign for the partnership. A partnership must always have at least one general partner. Okay, now that's what we typically think of. So if you're sued, they don't have to go over, you know, they don't have to go after all the partners in the partnership. They're going to pick one that has the most money and go after that person, and then that person will have to collect the money back from the others in a general partnership. Now, we do have a limited partnership. Now, a limited partnership is a partner who will contribute cash, property, or any other item of value to the business in return for a share of the profits or losses. A limited partner cannot provide any management or direction making services to the or decision-making services to the business in any form. You can't give them any advice or direction. Limited partners are liable for debts of the business only to the amount of their investment. In other words, a limited partner can only be made to lose the amount of money that the limited partner invested in a business at the beginning. If the business debts run over the amount of the limited partner's investment or a lawsuit results in a judgment award against the business, the maximum amount that the limited partner can be made to lose is the amount of the original investment. A business can have one or more limited partners in it.
you have a subpartner. Now, a subpartner is someone who forms an agreement with the general partner to oversee you know, all or a portion of the general partner's business activity within the partnership. Now, the subpartner is not a member of the partnership and has no voice or vote in the management of the partnership. Now, the subpartner is paid on profit or losses sharing relationship with the general partner. Okay, the profit or loss that is paid to or incurred by the subpartner is a private agreement with the general partner. A subpartner has no liability to the general partnership. Good position to be in. Now we have a corporation, and a lot of people are familiar with this one. A corporation is a legal entity created by preparing a corporate charter, otherwise known as the Articles of Incorporation, and a set of bylaws for the operation of the corporation, and filing those with the Secretary of State. A corporation formed within a state is known as a domestic corporation, while one formed in another state is a foreign corporation. Now, the corporation is capitalized by issuing or selling corporate stock. Each stock represents a share of the ownership's interest. In order to keep a corporation held by a few people, some corporate stocks have restrictions as to the transfer of the stocks or requirements that existing shareholders have to first have a first right to purchase any of the stock that might be offered for sale. Corporations held by a few are called closely held or closed corporations. The stockholders elect a board of directors whose responsibility is to hire corporate officers, president, vice president, secretary, treasurers, and see that the business is conducted in accordance with the corporate bylaws. Now, the board is ultimately responsible to the shareholders. When there is no board, the shareholders hire an officer themselves. The stockholders are compensated by dividends, which represent earned surplus after corporate obligations have been met. There are three basic types of corporation. You have a private now, these stocks are not publicly sold or traded. Okay, these, gen uh, these stocks generally are obtained by the shareholders agreeing to selling existing stock or issue new stock for sale to the party that wishes to own a part of the business. Then you have public. The stocks of the corporation are openly traded among the general public. Not for, for profit, the corporation must retain all its profits and any profit the corporation may make cannot be distributed back to the shareholder in, in the form of a dividend. Managing owners or shareholders can be compensated for their services, but the corporation's surplus profit cannot be returned to the shareholders as a dividend. Condominiums and churches usually are non-profit uh, corporations. All right, here I'm going to start at profits. Now, the stockholders or shareholders are the owners of the corporation. The shareholders in large corporations generally elect a board of directors to run the corporation. Stockholders are paid dividends okay, on the profits. 
Now, advantages of a corporation, limited liability of the owners or shareholders because you have that protection there. Greater ease in raising capital, selling additional stock is one way, way of raising capital. Business continuation in the event of a death of an owner. And corporation is, is considered a separate and distinct entity from the owner. Now, a disadvantage is of a corporation. Okay, now the disadvantage. Let me get my screen to turn. Now, unless a subchapter S corporation, probability of double taxation, taxes paid on the profit made by the corporation and tax paid to the shareholders on dividends paid by the corporation. The formality and cost to maintain a corporation and corporate books. An example would be a corporation wanting to secure a loan from the bank for a piece of equipment. The corporation would be required to have a meeting and vote would need to be taken authorizing someone to buy the piece of equipment. Then the corporation would prepare the corporate resolution giving the person the authority to obtain the loan on behalf of the corporation. The resolution would be given to the bank along with the application for the loan. Okay, and for a subchapter S corporation, and that's a lot of us think about, with a corporation, double taxation may occur. First, the corporation pays taxes on the corporate profits made. Then the shareholders pay personal income tax on the dividends received. This double taxation might be a problem in uh, some instances. The subchapter S, sometimes referred to as a sub-S or S corporation, is a way of incorporating a business and eliminating the double taxation problem. A subchapter S corporation has all the advantages of a regular corporation, but is taxed like a partnership. The subchapter S corporation pays no corporate taxes on its profits. Instead, the shareholders are taxed on dividends paid to them by the corporation like, like a full corporation. The S corporation will continue in the event of death of a shareholder. Now, control of business, sole proprietorships, you have absolute control over everything. A partnership, control of the business is shared with your partners who may lead to disputes. A partnership agreement could be helpful in solving these disputes. However, you are still responsible for your partnership's business actions as well as your own. A joint venture, pretty much same as a partnership. Okay, a corporation, standard or S, control depends upon the stock ownership. In other words, 51% of stock ownership or control means that you're able to make policy decisions. Dissolution of a business organization. The voluntary dissolution or termination of a business organization must be considered with as much thought in its planning as it devoted to the initial organization of the business plan. The method, manner, and timing of business termination may have a significant tax. Of the major forms of business organization discussed earlier in this chapter, the dissolution of a partnership and corporation may be somewhat complex and would therefore be given attention herein. Partnership dissolution or termination. When a partnership comes to an end, there are basically three steps in which it goes through. Okay, so pay attention. It's dissolution, 
winding up, and then termination. The dissolution of a partnership is the change um, is the change in relationship of the partners caused by the partnership ceasing to be associated with the management of the business. Okay. Now, dissolution is not to be confused with termination. Upon dissolution, the partnership is not terminated, but continues until the partnership affairs are completed through a uh, process generally referred to as winding up. Therefore, dissolution designates that point in time when the parties cease to carry on the partnership business together and continue only for the purpose of selling the assets, paying the liabilities, and distributing any excess okay, to the partners. Termination is the point in time when all partner affairs are wound up. A partnership is, is dissolved by... Any event that makes it unlawful for the business of the partnership to be carried on or for any members to carry on as a partnership, the death of any partner, bankruptcy of any partner or the partnership, a court degree under a partnership act, the dissolution of a partnership is not generally a taxable event unless there is also termination of the partnership. The termination of the partnership, obviously, will involve distribution of assets to the partner, and given a gain or loss, will be re, uh, recognized under the IRS Revenue Code to the extent that the cash is distributed exceeds the partnership's interest in the partnership. Now, corporate dissolution and liquidation. Dissolution of a corporation entity refers to the formal termination of corporate existence as prescribed by law, there are two basic types of dissolution. Voluntarily dissolution, in which the incorporators or shareholders determine in, further, uh, in furtherance of their own interests to terminate the corporate existence and involuntary dissolution, in which the corporation is dissolved by the Department of State or by the decree of a circuit court. A, the dissolution of a corporation is separate and distinct from a corporate li liquidation. Liquidation refers specifically to the collection of all corporate assets and the payments of corporate obligations, although the term is also used to apply uh, to dividends or other distribution to shareholders or winding up of the affairs of a corporation or to any termination of a corporate existence. In other words, the officers of a corporation may liquidate the corporation prior to its dissolution. Florida, Florida law prescribes three procedures for the voluntary dissolution of a corporation. A simplified procedure is provided whereby the incorporators or directors of a corporation, which has neither com commenced business nor issued any stock, may dissolve by following articles of dissolution with the Florida Department of State. The board of directors of the corporation may adopt resolutions recommending dissolution, and the question is submitted to a vote of shareholders. Number three, the shareholders of a corporation may authorize its dissolution by unanimous written consent in lieu of the director's action. Generally, no gain or loss is realized by the corporation on distribution of its assets and complete liquidation. Now, however, exceptions to the general rule 
the most important exceptions are, and we'll carry that on the next slide. On distribution of installment obligations to shareholders, the corporation will realize a gain to the extended the fair market value of the obligation exceeds the cost of the property given by the corporation in exchange therefore. On distribution of depreciable property, the corporation may become subject to recapture provisions. Now the business plan. The next step after a person has decided whether they're going to operate their company as a sole proprietorship, partnership, corporation, is to prepare a business plan. Now, the business plan should specifically uh, consider and address the following items. Type of construction that you'll need to be doing, the demand or need for your market services within the area, who will do the work you acquire, what will be the long-term and short-term financial needs of the company, and what the assets and liabilities are and how much profit you will need to meet the expenses of the company as your company grows. Once you have the business structure decided and you have determined that the business plan can be successful, you then need to consider a final checklist before going into business. The final checklist and additional considerations. Some of the items that you should consider prior to making the final decision to open a business is, do I have financial resources to start a business? Very important question there. How is my personal liability affected by my choice of the business structure? Can I change the scope of my business services in the future? Has the business structure I decided on considered the possibility of future events, such as what if someone wants to come into the business at the later date? How will the business structure accommodate a change and my potential earnings. How would this business be left to my family or heirs? What if someone wants to buy my business in the future? What are the differences in the tax requirements and regulatory requirements for the business structure I decide on? What is the purpose of the obtaining financing for the business structure I've chosen? What would be my out-of-pocket expenses right now to set up a business and will that business become a burden on my family or financial position immediately? Okay. Every one of them is a very good question to sit down and think about before going into business. Now, managing the business. Planning. In general, planning means anticipated problems and take advantages of the business opportunities. Although planning your company's events may seem less important than the day-to-day requirements, it is absolutely necessary for the survival of your business. Then you have organizing. Organizing is closely related to planning, but it involves identifying, prioritizing, and assigning key activities and responsibilities to the proper personnel. Okay, directing. As the owner or manager of your business, you will need to get work done by the employees. You will need to recognize that individual employees respond differently to various types of incentives and praises. Successful managers know that most employees produce much better if they feel appreciated and are making a contribution to the wealth and growth of the business. 
Now, a good manager will, let's go to the next page, always appeal to the employee's sense of job satisfaction and well-being. Controlling. Controlling is simply the act of making sure that the results you originally planned have not differed. If you find that one, you are not going according to your original plan, corrections need to be immediately made to keep the business on its planned okay, plan. Standardizing. Standardizing is exactly what the name implies. It develops a standard and similar way of doing all repetitive operations. For instance, payroll records should be on a standard form. Job recap sheets should be on a standard form. The way incoming calls, sales leads, and follow-ups are handled should be standardized method, okay, etc. Assigning is simply delegating the work of your business organization out to different employees. It means that you will assign an employee a specific task or a specific section of work to oversee and follow up, making sure that the employee is accountable for the pro uh, proper and timely completion. Then we have communicating. Communication is the key to a successful company. There is nothing more frustrating to a management and good employees than misunderstood direction. A good communication program will require that whatever and whenever management makes a decision, it is clearly given to the employees clearly and concisely. And communication goes the other way. That is, management always listens to what the employees are saying clearly and concisely about their problems or grievances with the work. Okay, For if the two do not work in harmony, the company cannot survive.